Guys, I want to introduce to you tonight Pastor uh, Mike Connor. We call, we call him Pastor Mike, but really he is an apostle who has an apostolic ministry that is significant around the world. Uh, in, in Christian uh, ministry around the world, um, Pastor Mike would be the, one of the leading um, people in the world of freedom, deliverance, and inner healing for people. He is sought out right around the world, uh, and in, both in training pastors and leaders, and also ministering to Christians. I've, I've been, uh, I was with Pastor Mike a few years ago in Taipei, uh, with about 8,000 or 10,000 people in a stadium as he ministered, and it was awesomely chaotic and powerful. And I uh, just, just absolutely love uh, being there and, and sitting under that authority and minister, ministry that he has. And so I want, I want us to, we don't take this for granted, church. This is a phenomenal moment, a, f- a phenomenal opportunity uh, for us. We, we go way back with Pastor Mike and Joy. Actually, when we became the pastors of this church 21 years ago, the person who prayed us in uh, on that day, we, we took over from Graham and Pat Fletcher, and the person who prayed us in on that day was Pastor Mike. He, he happened to be the visiting minister for the weekend, uh, brought in to deliver us before we became the pastors. Pretty sure that's what it was all about. Or maybe deliver us out so the church was going to be safe. I don't know. But, uh, and so over the years, our, our lives, our, our paths have crossed many times, but not just that, our hearts have connected. And they, they are a true spiritual father and mother in the faith to us and to many around the world. And we're so grateful for your impartation to us personally, to your ministry to us, your prophetic ministry into our lives. Uh, you've pushed us beyond what we thought we could go ourselves. And there's been very significant moments, very significant moments where you've prayed us into new seasons and new eras. And, uh, it's, and things have shifted because of you. And I look around our team and our church and I see so much fruit like Sienna, of people whose lives have been changed, not just for a moment, but the multiplication of effect of that is phenomenal. So we're so, we love you so much. We're expecting tonight, church. Why don't you stand to your feet and welcome Pastor Apostle Mike Connell. Here we go. Thank you for such a great welcome. Come on, let's give Jesus honor tonight. He's our King. He's our coming King. We honor you, Jesus, for all you've done and all you do, what you're doing in our lives. Our greatness comes from yielding to you. We honor you tonight, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for such a great welcome. Please be seated. This is our first time out of New Zealand for such a long time. And uh, we had lots and lots of plans. They're all grounded. And here we are, first one out, and it's, uh, it's here at C3 Powerhouse. So awesome. So awesome. Thank you for all your honoring words. It's been a great journey, hasn't it? Man, I'm glad you explained to us it was family country here. I thought it was Her Majesty's government. I wasn't <laughs> I wondered what had happened. Yeah, I nearly had the same thing happen to me. I went to a hair an Asian hairdresser. <laughs> and she she didn't use scissors, she used the buzz. And I thought, oh my, what have you done? I got the buzz. <laughs> anyway, you grow out of it. So, so so good. Well, it's a little harder at my age and stage. Very little to grow out of it. Anyway, great to be here with you. We're in for a great night tonight. And uh, I just uh, so love Sienna's testimony. Man, wasn't that something? You know, I just had a girl recently and uh, she tried to hang herself. She ended up in the, uh, uh, in the local psychiatric unit. They didn't do anything for her. 
she voluntarily put herself on there because she was concerned and uh, I went to visit her there and uh, we told her just how to just handle herself and I said I can help you she came out and and of course she had uh, had been sexually assaulted by demons at night and the worst assaults were in that in in that unit and so she was just beside herself I said oh, I get it I understand exactly what it is this is the spirit you're dealing with and I said when did it start she's a very young girl I said, it wasn't your fault, it's nothing you've done. This is something that your family have been involved in. This is generational doors have been opened to the occult realm. And so we can help you. And uh, she got prayer that night uh, in our room, in our, at home. We Joe and I prayed for her. No problem ever again. Absolutely amazing. Isn't that awesome? What Jesus does. He's so awesome. Don't you get excited? I just get so excited. And uh, seeing as you were talking about having a demon come into your room, that's how it got me started too. One came into my room, scared me. I, went, <laughs> I couldn't breathe or move or do anything. Just in my head called Jesus. And, and, and then we were able to wake up and turn the lights on. And, uh, and then, then I got into, I thought, I cannot, I do not want, and I choose not to find myself that vulnerable ever again. I will learn what to do. How about that? And so that's what got me here. Hey, Sienna, I want to pray for you. I believe God wants to make an impartation to you tonight. <coughs> I was just hearing your story. I forget the stories, but it's lovely to hear it again tonight. And you're so, just such an amazing person. Really love you. You know, and, and in your journey, one of the things is you may have been through stuff, but God uses it to step you up into the call on your life. Amen? And what I want to do is I just really want to pray and activate and release a greater level of authority and deliverance in your life. So they start to, you know, manifest around you as you talk to people, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's just amazing. Lord, I just thank you for the end. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that the anointing on my life will flow upon her. I thank you, Lord, for that apostolic mantle that shifts demons around people, flushes them out of their hiding places, I ask for a release of the gift of discernment, that even as she looks at people, she'll see what's operating. I thank you, Lord, for that anointing coming upon her right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Great stuff. Oh, I'm so excited for tonight. Mate, I just did our, we had a freedom retreat last weekend, so I've just come away from a retreat, you know, and a couple of hundred people and casting out demons. I've had a glorious time. Just absolutely glorious. There you go. So look for a chance to practice and give it a go as quick as you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get, you get blessed. Well, then you've got to go bless someone. Let the thing grow, you know. Anyway, I want to pray for people tonight and believe for God to, to touch you powerfully. Tonight I'm going to share a, a message called Thy Kingdom Come. And then uh, what I want to do tomorrow, I'm going to share on one of the most common ways that Christians get snared by demons, that they don't even know it, they do it all, there's something they don't do all the time, happens all the time, and people get snared and can't work out why their life's not going forward like it should, and then of course Sunday night, then will be, uh, it's Pentecost Sunday this coming Sunday, so Sunday night, oh yes, I want to put uh, a message on repair the altar of the Lord, repair the altar of the Lord, because in the Bible, fire comes on altars, fire comes on altars, how about that? Okay then. So anyway, the message tonight, I want to share a message called, um, Thy Kingdom Come. This is the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. He said, pray our Father in heaven, we honor you. And so one of the first aspects of our prayer life 
is that we honor God as our Father, reverence for Him, respect for Him, honor for Him. The word there when he says our Father is the word pater, meaning someone who rules the household. So we're to come with respect and reverence. And then he said the second aspect of our prayer is to pray your kingdom, your kingdom, your rule come, manifest in the earth. And in case we didn't understand what that meant, your will, your order, your pattern, your design, the things you've planned manifest in the earth, meaning in my life, first of all. So I pray that pretty well every day, pray that prayer, bind my life to his kingdom, to his plan for my life, bind my family, children, their spouses, the grandchildren, the spouses they'll marry, hold them all before God that his kingdom will come in their lives. And I want to share a little bit about one aspect of the kingdom coming. In Matthew 12, 28, Matthew 12, 28, Jesus has just uh, met a young man and uh, he has been demonized. He can't speak. He, uh, he's, he's got massive problems and it's caused by a demon and he casts the demon out. And immediately there's a reaction from the religious people as there always is to the supernatural. That's why we need a generation that operate in the supernatural. You can't reason your way that. You can't reason your way through seeing the miracles of God. And so he said this in Matthew 12, 28, if I, by the Spirit of God, if I, moving under the leadership, surrendered to the authority of the Holy Spirit, cast out, hurled demons out of the lives of people, demons, evil spirit beings that have afflicted them, if I do it by the Spirit of God, I want you to know that the kingdom of God has now manifested right in front of you. It's become visible, tangible, real on the earth. How about that? So Jesus' message, from the beginning was the kingdom of God. You don't hear so many messages about the kingdom of God, but it was the major theme of all Jesus' teaching. I encourage you to read through the Gospels again and read everything you can about the kingdom of God. Not just how to succeed in life, but how to become aligned with that kingdom and walk in its life and power. Jesus' ministry, it demonstrated the reality that there is a supernatural kingdom. It demonstrated the reality of an invisible kingdom. We need to see that. And it also revealed the presence and activity of an evil kingdom. So when we look at this, what has just happened, Jesus has encountered a man whose life is tormented, whose life is in bondage, and no one can work out why it's so. But Jesus, because he discerned the spirit realm, saw that there's an invisible kingdom has this man in bondage. An invisible kingdom is governing an area of his life. Not all of his life, a part of his life. It's gained access to his life, and now he is suffering. His life and capacities are reduced immensely because of the presence of a demonic spirit. There is an evil kingdom has got a part of his life trapped and snared. I have never been anywhere where that's not happening. And it says, Jesus cast out the spirit. He identified that the problem was an invisible spirit being, a demonic spirit, a spirit being with evil intent, a spirit being operating under another evil kingdom. And when he cast it out immediately, the man became free. And he said, this is what kingdom of God in action. So I want to just talk a little bit about the kingdom of God, about those two kingdoms. First of all, what is the kingdom of God? Because we hear the words, but often we don't bring it down 
to how it affects our daily life. Jesus uh, made a statement in Matthew chapter 6. It's a command that he gave to his disciples. It's a command that has been the center of our life. If you do ask what is perhaps the primary scripture that has activated our lives, it has been seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will flow like a river into your life. It'll be added to you without you having to make the effort. And so we've prioritized our life around our revelation of the kingdom. So when we talk about the kingdom, what are we talking about? The word kingdom is the word basileia. It means a foundation of power, a foundation of power. So one, one meaning or a literal meaning of the word kingdom is a foundation of power. If you look at the definition of what a kingdom is, it is a realm over which a king exercises sovereign rule. His will is done. Now, we live in a democracy, so we don't get kingdoms. <clears throat> when we get saved, we're saved into a kingdom. But we still live like we're in a democracy. And therein is the problem. And I'll show you that in just a moment. Because although God wants us to live and dwell and walk in the blessings and benefits of His kingdom, if our lives still operate under the governance and the principles and system of the other kingdom then we will continue to reap fruit from that kingdom. That's why kingdom alignment is so important. So kingdom is a realm over which a king rules and his will is done. That's something we don't get. For example, it tells us in, in Daniel 4, 34 and 35, his dominion, speaking of Jesus, is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing he does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. Look at it. No one can restrain his hand or say, what have you done? So in other words, the kingdom, we're going to see a kingdom is made up of three parts. There's always, if there's a kingdom, there's three parts to that. The first part is there is always a king, a sovereign ruler. There's always a king, a sovereign ruler. Now, these are words that we don't always get because we live in a democracy. We think of presidents or prime ministers or, or, or ministers of parliament or whatever. You've got to get your thinking around Bible thinking. You've got to get our thinking around reality. The other's only the shadow of the real. And so it has a sovereign ruler. The word sovereign means a supreme power, superior to everyone else who has total authority to make decisions and have done what he wants done. How about that? We don't think that way because we think, well, we voted them in. If they don't like them, we get them out. We want them to do what we want. That's the nature of a democracy. But you were taken from that and put into a kingdom. You've got to understand how a kingdom operates. So it has a king, and the king is the supreme ruler. You can't stop him doing what he's going to do. That You can't stop God having his way. And what we, what we don't realize is that when God created the earth, He created the earth for man to extend His kingdom as His representative. He created the earth and He limited His sovereign rule. He didn't give it up. He just restrained it by giving management to men, management to people. So the way He operates is He created a physical world and He created man for dominion over the works of His hands. You were created for dominion. If you're a man, you have a desire in you to conquer, to overcome, to face a challenge. You don't face challenges, you'll end up with your life being frittered away. There's always that need for challenges. God wired it into you to have dominion. 
to be able to subdue, to have challenges in front of you and overcome those challenges and then move on to the next challenge. You're wired that way. God put it in you. That was his design. He created man to have dominion over the works of his hands. So what that means is you don't have absolute or sovereign authority. You are just a manager. Man has managerial authority over the earth. People say, well, if God's God and can do anything, why doesn't He fix up all these problems? Simply, He delegated it to man. He made you manager. If you've mucked it up, you've got to cooperate with Him to get it fixed up. That's how it works. Helps if we understand this. So there's always a king. There's a king. Secondly, there's a territory. There's usually a parcel of land and a people that He has dominion over. So if you ever look at a kingdom, there's always a territory involved. So God wants you to be, He wants to raise up kings. In, in the book of Revelation, you have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. So notice there, that means you are called to be a king, to live like a king, act like a king, under the king of kings. So that means you, you must know your territory. You must know what you're responsible for, what He's given dominion over you, and you're called to cultivate it and guard it and protect it. The first place to have dominion over is over your personal life. Any place of your personal life you lose dominion, you come into bondage, into captivity. Well, you can quiet now. <laughs> That's the person next to you. You know they need this help. <laughs> so there's a king, sovereign ruler. Secondly, there's a territory or people to rule over. And thirdly, which people don't also get, is there are laws that govern how the kingdom operates. Now, you see, that's what people don't get. They just think it's all about grace and doing what you want because Jesus loves me. No, no, there's a kingdom. You violate the laws, there's consequences. You see, the kingdoms of the earth or the governances of the earth are reflections of God's government. Therefore, they have rules because you have to, rules describe how we interact and relate with one another in a way that's safe. So you just can't go down the street, drive on whichever side you want, go as fast as you want. You're making it unsafe for others, so therefore there's rules. You violate the rules, you have consequences. If it says 50K, you do 100K, you get caught, then you get fined. And you can't say, I didn't know that. It doesn't cut it, you broke the law. Now that's how, now you understand that because we work on those things. We, we understand that's how life works. What we don't see is the invisible kingdoms are where this all originated from. Earthly kingdoms or earthly governance systems, whether it be your personal life, the, the family, or the church, or the civil government, all is to reflect the governance of God. Well, you're all starting to get, ooh, it's getting a bit home now. Okay then, so, so there's the kingdom of God. Now, here's, here's another thing about a kingdom. A kingdom will always reflect the nature of the king. So the rule of the king will be reflected in the health of the people under His rulership. So the kingdom of God has got characteristics. They're the characteristics of God Himself. So in the kingdom of God, it's always a kingdom of light. You see what's going on. It's always a kingdom of truth. It stands for truth. It's always a kingdom of justice. It's a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom where there's freedom and liberty. It's a kingdom where there's life. It's a kingdom where there's joy, a kingdom where there's peace. You see, the Bible even tells us the kingdom of heaven is not about rules and regulations of eating and drinking. It is righteousness, peace, and joy the Holy Ghost gives. 
So notice there, so kingdom can be seen in someone's life. You got peace in your life and a joy of the Holy Ghost? Hey, you're under kingdom leadership. You lose that peace, you got the warning signal right there. You're losing governance of your territory. You're living stressed and anxious. You're not flowing with the kingdom. Come on. Start to think about it. You got to, it really does have a practical working out in here. So that's the kingdom of God. So if the kingdom of God is light, the kingdom of Satan is darkness. You don't know what you're getting involved with. If the kingdom of God is love, then the kingdom of darkness is hate and fear. That's what characterizes it, hatred and fear. If the kingdom of God is truth, the kingdom of darkness is deception and lies. If the kingdom of God, its characteristic is justice, then in the kingdom of the devil, or ruled by the devil, injustice will prevail. In the kingdom of God, there's mercy. In the kingdom of darkness, there's judgment. Kingdom of God, there is liberty and freedom. In the kingdom of darkness, there's bondage. Now, they contrast one another. They are different kingdoms. So I want you to understand this, that there's no middle ground here. You're in one or you're in the other. There is no middle ground. And we may not see it physically, but it's there in the spirit realm. And everything that's outworked on the earth is the reflection of which kingdom is influencing people. If we watch your life for a while and hear what you say, we can tell what kingdom you're living under. If you're a Christian, you don't belong there, but you're still living under it. You haven't really found freedom at all. So true freedom, then, is more than just making a decision for Christ that legally positions us in another kingdom. It's about actually aligning our lives under that kingdom. Whoa, you're getting quiet now. <laughs> oh, there, come on. Is it? No? So in Colossians 1.13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So there it is, another kingdom. It's called the power of darkness, the dark kingdom, and it's ruled by the dark Lord. Oh. <sighs> you know, that kind of stuff, you know. I love the movies. When you see these themes in the movies, people can't connect it to real life, you know. But there it is. You hear the, you hear the breathing before you see them, you know. <laughs> so it says, it says you've been delivered from the power of darkness. So the work of Christ, Christ came to take dominion over that kingdom of darkness, flush it to the open so you could see it, and then provide a way that you could be delivered from it. This was work. That's the work he came to do. He came to do that. And, and, and we need to, once we understand that, we need to understand that. When God created man, God gave man dominion over the earth, and he betrayed the entrustment of authority and legacy. It wasn't just him. It's all the children, everyone that came after him. You're suffering because a father somewhere blew it. Now, that's really, and you understand that, that it's not just about your life, it's about the legacy for the next generations. So you've got to fight the battles, fight the fights, leave a different legacy to the next generation. So it says we're delivered. So we're born into this world 
separated from God. So every person born into this world is born in the condition of sin. They're separated from God, and therefore they're separated from His kingdom and its privileges. They're actually under the influence of another kingdom. That's why we need to be born again, to be shifted into another kingdom. So every person in this world, every person you meet that is, doesn't know Christ personally, not a follower of Christ, they have been, they're in another kingdom and under the influence of invisible spirit beings. They just don't see it or get it. But if you watch, you see the fruit of it in their lives. You see the fruit, you'll see the root. Roots you can't see, they're not visible. But if you look at the fruit, you can point to what's hidden there that's happening. Someone is influencing their heart. So the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of, of Satan, is the realm where uh, Lucifer, who became Satan, a fallen angel, has dominion. So wherever his will is done, his kingdom is ruined. Or put it another way, when you listen to his word and do it, you come under the influence of that kingdom. This is why the Word of God is so important. Whose Word is ruling your life? How do you line up your life? Do you align it with the kingdom of God or the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Or do you just go with the flow? Well, where's that coming from? Think about that. So here's the thing about the, the, the kingdom of the devil. The kingdom of the devil is a completely inferior kingdom. You don't, you don't want to think like this. It's all the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Oh, it looks like the darkness is ruling. It's all getting so bad. No, listen, that's not what this is at all about at all. You have to understand it is a completely inferior kingdom. Is it a kingdom? Yes, it is. Is there power in it? Yes, the word power is the word authority, legal right to exercise power over people. So there definitely is a power. But God has delivered us out of that. Satan's kingdom, he has been defeated completely at the cross. Does it mean he has no power? No, he has power. The thing that was taken from him was authority, the right to exercise power. So at the cross, Jesus at the cross destroyed the legal right the devil had to hold people in bondage. Does he still hold people in bondage? Yes, because they haven't recognized what's happened. Here's the thing, the kingdom of God is a kingdom that's here now, but a kingdom that will also come in great glory. And he's now preparing a people for that, creating for him a set-apart people who know how to live by kingdom principles that he can bring with him to establish his kingdom on the earth. The kingdom of the devil, even though it's defeated, is still here now, still operates now, but they will, it's under sentence. If you were to go to court and see someone there, and they've done a crime, and then they're judged, and then there's a sentence passed, there may be a delay between, especially if a death sentence, a, de a delay between the sentence passed and the activation of the sentence. We're in that period now. It's called history. At the cross, Jesus has judged the devil, sentenced him, but the sentence hasn't been carried out yet. So if you think that it's a big deal with the devil, it isn't. Because in the book of Revelation, when God blows the trumpet, when he's prepared his people and everything is ready, he'll blow a trumpet and just unleash an angel. Here, go, take him out. And the, and the Bible tells us he will go and bind the devil in chains and then put him into the prison for a thousand years. Now, so in other words, this tells you the authority that Jesus has over the kingdom of darkness. He has complete authority over it. He has all authority. 
Jesus said, I have all authority in heaven and earth. In other words, at, at His word, He can release an angel, and the devil and his angels will be bound and consigned to a pit and cannot influence the earth. But in the meantime, you've got to learn how to fight. He's trying to teach you how to fight, how to man up, how to be the people he's preparing. So think about that. See, so the kingdom of the devil operates now, but it'll be there'll time come when God will release that angel. It's no longer there. And then all the people he's been preparing, he will then change the governances of the earth. How about that? So here's the thing. You've got to then, we are translated into another kingdom when we surrender to Christ. Now, a lot of Christians, well, I just want Jesus to save me, and they want to do what I usually do. And that's not the deal. It's like saying, well, I want a new king, but actually, I'd like to live the way the other kingdom works. Well, the other kingdom works by independence, rebellion, pride, all about me. The new kingdom has got a new way of living. There's new rules for life. It's called the new covenant. New way of living. And when you live under the king's order, alignment, there's peace, there's protection, there's blessing, there's provision, there's fruit, there's life, there's freedom. See? That's why it's so important. See? So who has authority over you? Who has authority over you? It's whoever you yield to. Whoever you yield to. See? So we saw authority is the right to rule or have power. So Jesus has taken all that right to rule. But the key, if you want to live free, it means you must take responsibility for your life and your decisions, and your thoughts, and your choices. The Bible says uh, in James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, what does that mean? Submit to God. Well, we don't like the word submit. It's like a lot of other words. It's got bad connotations with it because of the abuse and ignorance of what heavenly submission looks like. The word submit is a word hupotasso to the word hupo is under or beneath. The word tasso is to stand or position yourself. So it says to willingly position yourself under the leadership of another so you can get the results he wants you to get. So in other words, like, it's like doing what the team captain tells you to do. What kind of team's going to win if everyone, has, if everyone wants to be the captain? Only one captain. You better listen to him and then you'll win. So he says submit so, to, so submitting to God means I need to come into alignment with Him and what He wants. What that means, men, is you need to come into alignment with His function for you as a, ma- as a husband and as a man. Why have we got so much problems in the nation? It's men failing to fulfill their godly roles. And the marriages suffer, the families suffer, the, the community suffers, the nation suffers. You can't shortcut responsibility. God gives man a unique responsibility to fulfill. And so when it says submit, submit is a willing alignment under God because He loves us. He's paid a price to demonstrate that. And because of that love relationship, I feel safe to submit and yield and trust Him because He's going to work it all out good for me. And then it says resist, which is anti, uh, anti or ant- antihistamine, like antihistamine. It's, it's to stand against, to resist. So God requires you align and resist. Align and resist. Freedom, align and resist. That's how you maintain freedom. 
And so most people put freedom down to someone praying for you, not thinking that freedom comes when I align and resist. When I come under and position myself under the authority of the new kingdom, or putting it another way, when the parts of my life which have been independent, rebellious, have been driven by sin, I submit and bring them under the king, I position myself now to have my authority back. Yeah, you get the idea? So, which king rules in your life? The one you yield to. Come on, it's just the one you yield to. I'll give you a scripture. Romans 6.16 in the New Living Tessa and NLT, don't you realize you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? Oh, shall I say that one again? Don't you know? In other words, wake up, fellas. Yeah, exactly. Hello? Hello? You become the slave of the one you yield to. You yield to fear, you're slave to fear. Yield to lust, you're slave to lust. Yield to, unforg- to, to an unforgiving heart or offense, and you come into bondage to unforgiveness. That's how it works. Whatever you yield to. So stop yielding to it, get aligned with God, do what He says to do, and then resist. Then you have authority to overcome. See? So yield to God, His kingdom rules. His spirit manifests, His life shows. Yield to Satan, then His spirits enter you, and His activity manifests in your life. That's why people get so messed up. They've got someone they've yielded to. They didn't see Him, He seduced them. So people open their lives to the demonic kingdom in a whole number of ways. Remember the kingdom of God, a kingdom of light. So, you know, hey, Jesus, it's you I'm asking into my life. It's your spirit that's coming and you get the honor. The kingdom of darkness, you don't see it. It's invisible, it's dark, it's hidden, it's concealed. And what they offer is, mate, if you do this, this will be great. This will get you ahead. This will make you like, oh, you can run your life. See, the temptation that he fell for was you can be like God. You can be autonomous, do your own thing your own way. And you're not accountable to anyone. What a lie. Because the Bible says we will each give account of our life before God. Or to put it in a different way, God expects every person to be responsible for their life. Stop playing the victim. Become responsible. A person who plays the victim or has the victim mindset has experienced pain and suffering but blames others for their condition. And when you're like that, God still holds you responsible for your condition. He doesn't listen to that victim stuff. Think about this. When Adam had sinned, God asked him some questions. First question, relationship question, where are you? He says, hey, where are you? Let me catch up with you. You're not meeting and fellowshipping. I'm missing your friendship. Where are you at in your life? Second question, well, who told you you were naked? Who you've been listening to? What voices are influencing your thinking and the way you're doing life? He said, oh, okay, here's the last one, responsibility question. Did you eat the fruit of the tree? Now, that's not a complicated question, you know? That's a, that's a tick one box or the other box. You know? <laughs> Check the box. Yes, no. Isn't God good? He, he, he's really direct. He asks questions. And Adam starts off with a story. Well, it's that woman you gave me, and she gave me the apple. And now notice the woman, he's blaming, and, and God, you gave it to me, so somehow you messed up and gave me the wrong one. <laughs> so you understand? Now, here's the thing that God does. God stops listening. God ends the conversation when you start blaming. 
la, 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 we ain't going there, you're responsible because you're behaving like a victim when in fact you're responsible. Now listen, when God went to the garden, Adam and Eve had both sinned, who did God call to? Adam and Eve, where are you? He didn't. He said, Adam, because Adam had been given the mandate. You always go to the top of the ministry if something's going wrong. The one in charge has got to be responsible. <laughs> oh, you all got quiet on that one, eh? Uh, <laughs> turn to someone and tell them you're responsible for your life. Don't go blaming me. You made me do it. You make me so mad. You know, you, 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 you. Listen, stop that kind of talk. That leaves you a victim and it leaves you powerless. Start to own up, front up, be a man. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> okay, I need to get the end now. So, so here we go. So, so how is it then we, we lose the authority, we lose the benefits of the kingdom rule, and we live so, so ineffective and so many problems? How can that happen? How come the divorce rate in the church is almost the same as the community? How come problems of all kinds in the church are the same as the community? Oh, the answer is real simple. Because although they claim Christ as the king, they live with another king, listening to the voice and the patterns of another king. And partly that is because they're wounded and in demonic bondage, and the church hasn't shown how you can be healed and free. And so they're bringing into the marriage the problems that were never resolved in their family background. And they just reproduce for the next generation. So whatever's happened in your background, you're the generation that must bring it to an end. You're the generation, it stops with me. It stops with me. I will come under the kingdom of my Father. I will learn how to seek first His kingdom, how to place His rule first in every area of my life, how to live rightly ordered before Him under the influence of His Spirit, and everything I need will come to me. That's what this is about. If you just turn it into deliverance, tomorrow you'll be demonized again. Deliverance is about a kingdom coming to your life. It comes as you yield and surrender to that king. So how do demons get in? They can come through your family line. They can come down generations. Some people are struggling. There'll be some of you struggling here. And the things you're struggling with are the things that defeated your parents and grandparents. They can be demonic stuff, Freemasonry, spiritism, those kind of things. There can be hidden sexual sin, sexual perversion, sexual violence in the family background. It's extraordinary in some cultures how they hide it all. They just conceal it and cover it, and then it just keeps perpetuating generation to generation. Someone needs to stop it. That someone is you. You put a stop to it. You respond to Christ, come under His kingdom, and build a different marriage, a different financial base, a different family, a different future. That's what God calls us to do. Calls us to be free. It can come generation. Come, if you dabble in the occult, you'll open the doors wide open. If you've gone to fortune tellers, called up spirits, experimented with this and that, with a demonic realm, it will open the doors for you. You'll come into the influence of a spirit. You'll have paranormal activities. You'll have things that are unusual that can't be explained. Things that choke you, speak to you, move things in your room. Things that molest you, touch you at night. You'll have those kind of experiences that freak you out. Someone opened the door. I remember I was called to a house 
This lady said, oh, look, this house is haunted. Pastor, can you come? The house is haunted. I said, a haunted house? How awesome. <laughs> I am coming to the haunted house. Did, did you see on The Chosen recently where they took Jesus and the disciples to the house? See, oh, that bedroom there is haunted. There's a ghost. I'll have that one. I love that. I'll have that. Give me that one. Hey, you're going to clean the thing out, of course. Don't you love that? Because he's come to do that. And he's, hey, listen, if Jesus won, he could get rid of all of the demons and he'll, he'll flick his hand and, at one point in time and they'll take him out of the way. But in the meantime, you've got to learn to fight. You've got to learn to stand up. You've got to learn to overcome. He's given you something to learn how to get some aggression and faith into you. So a cold activity, people involved in idolatry, that opens the door to demons. Religion can open the door. Pentecostal religion opens the door to many demons. If it becomes legalistic and loses the Holy Ghost. Who hath bewitched you? You began in the spirit, now you're ending under the law. You're demonized. That's what he's saying. The spirits come in. Horrendous things. People get hurt by legalism. See, uh, word curses, people speaking things over you that wound your heart and hurt you, that opens the door for demons to come in. Sexual sin. So, oh, there's a story. I tell you about the story. That's right. Get to the house. And there's a lady and her boyfriend, and then there's got a daughter and her, and, and her boyfriend, and they're living there. They're like this. Pastor, Pastor, come, 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 come. Can you sort this out quickly? And I said, I can. And I said, but I need to find out about it. So we sat down to talk. And as we're talking, I heard at the other, it wasn't a big Disney, Walt Disney haunted house. It was very disappointing. Just a little two-bedroom flat. It just, just, it was a nothing, really. And anyway, I heard this door, the cupboard door, bang, 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 in the other end of the room, at the other end of the house. And they go, ah, did you hear that? I said, I heard it. Can you get rid of it? I said, I'll get rid of it in a moment. No problem. I just want to know how it got here. Because if, if I don't know how it got here, we won't stop it coming back. In other words, you've got to establish kingdom alignment if you want freedom. So I said, well, who's been? I said, that kind of spirit is an occultic spirit. Paranormal experiences all come from the occult realm. Someone's been dabbling in the occult. I went around, was it you? You? Well, no, 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 no. I said, well, it is. Anyway, I said, okay, tell me how long it's been here. Two weeks. Okay, what happened two weeks ago? Oh, well, my daughter came with a boyfriend. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, okay, we just so we be able to look at the, the girl and the boy. And I said, well, were you involved? I said, why did you come here to live here? And they said, well, there was this ghost in our house. And we came here to get away with it. I said, it's followed you. Now it's got your mother sleepless at night and in fear. So I said, well, it's been with you. How long? And it's been a while. And I said, were either of you involved with the occult? No, 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 no. You know, everyone's innocent, you see. I'm thinking, Jesus, I know it's an occult demon. Someone's been into this stuff. Ah. I said, which one slept with someone involved in the occult? The girl went. It was your last boyfriend, wasn't it? And it ended badly, and he cursed you. Isn't that right? She said, yes, it was. I said, well, when you, become, when you slept with him, two become one. So therefore, that demon had a right to access you and stay with you. That's why it's here. We're going to need to... You need to come to Jesus because you're in the wrong kingdom. So we led them all to Jesus. They all wanted to come to Jesus. There was no doubt about there being two kingdoms. No doubt whatsoever. That's what I love about deliverance. There's no doubt about two kingdoms. 
when someone, and the demon caused them to do stuff. Like one person just levitated off the floor like that. Wow, awesome. Well, only a demon could do that. And other people have had them growling and yelling and moo and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it doesn't always happen like that. But when it does, I love it because, well, the thing is there and it's scared of Jesus. It's scared of Jesus. You know, and so we just led him to the Lord, got him to renounce the relationship with the boy and forgive him and let go the stuff. And I just prayed the thing left the house. There's no problem again. Come on, see? And so this is a problem for people. In, in, in Luke chapter 4, and verse 33 to 36, Jesus is in the church and there's a guy, they've got an unclean spirit. And he's, he's tormented. How's he tormented? The spirit is in him. How did it get in? Well, it could have been generational, but most likely he could have been molested when he was a boy, or he could have just been involved with a prostitute, or he could have been involved in pornography, or he could have been involved in some form of sexual sin. Whatever happened, he's got the spirit. He's done something. By cooperating with the kingdom of darkness, he has given permission. He lost authority over his body. That's what people don't realize when they sin. They give up authority. They yield their lives to another king of a dark empire committed to destruction and domination, and it will seize the opportunity to enter. And so there's the problem right there. So, so, so this man, obviously, he was tormented. He was having struggles with mental pictures of, de- of unclean activities of various kinds, perversion of various kinds. People only need one look at pornography, and they can get the same spirit. Spirit of perversion, prostitution, bond, all that kind of stuff. You know, all that stuff, it just ruins your life, ruins your marriage, you and your relationship with God. It's a kingdom of darkness. It's a kingdom of evil that takes away what God wants you to have. You can't dabble. You can't just have a little bit. I'll have a bit of God on Sunday, and then I'll have the other stuff the rest of the week. No, 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 no. You must live in a kingdom. You must live 24-7 in the kingdom of God. You know, I'm running out of time. Anyway, so Jesus, the the demon encountered Jesus. He just began to yell out. It flushed up to the surface because such a strong anointing, and then he delivered the man. He was free, just like that. You could be free too. And the key is in James 4, 7, submit to God. This is kingdom language. This is stop yielding to sin. Turn against it. Repent of it. Let it go. Align your life to yield to and come under the governance of God. He's a loving king. He produced good fruit. And then you've got to make a stand. So we repent. We, we just take responsibility. No blaming. It just is what it is. It's my life. It's my stuff. I'm going to bring it to the Lord. For some people, it's sin that brought the demons in. For others, they were wounded and traumatized or hurt. Now, hey, get this. This is how subtle it is. You get someone attacks you or there's something happens, an accident or, or sexual abuse or something like that. They defile you by what they do. And you're faced with a choice. Will I lean into God and his kingdom for healing and come out of this a better person because I've recognized the pain and I've resolved by forgiving and resolving the stuff in my heart? Or will I seize control and try to protect myself from being hurt and build walls in my heart and I'll come under another kingdom? And so the tragedy is this. 
someone evil perpetuated the violence against you and then you chose to walk even further into darkness instead of coming into the kingdom of God who could set you free. And we come under another kingdom of control. And then that control comes into every relationship you have. And so if you've had things happen in your life, you never resolved them, you will, if you didn't resolve them, be controlling everything. And you're not free. You're under another kingdom. And that control will damage every relationship you have. That's how the devil works. That's why we bring everything to the light. We submit it to God. We come to the cross, repent, forgive, let the pain go, and make a stand to push back on that thought life, those habit patterns, and build something different. Amen? Come on, let's give a lot of clap, shall we? How about that? Freedom requires responsibility. Freedom requires vigilance all the time. And so Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant. You have an adversary, and he's all the time trying to catch you. Tonight, there's a number of people here, and God wants to set you free. I believe we're going to have a great time of freedom now, setting people free from things that come around your life. And what we're going to do now, I want you just to close your eyes for a moment, and we'll all stand. I'll get you to come up the front, and we're going to release the power of God to set people free. You're right. You know what the issue is. I want you to just ask this question. Holy Spirit, show me where my life is not free. Show me where I am bound, bound by fear, bound by grief, sadness, bound by loss, bound by death, numbness in my life, bound by uncleanness, bound by bitterness, so angry, bound by anger. What is it that is manifesting in your life that you can't get the victory over, that means you're in bondage. There's something hidden empowering it and driving it. That something hidden is usually a demonic spirit empowering the sin and the hurts. In what part of your life have you been wounded and you've never ever brought it to light and resolved it? You, you're, you've got, it's in darkness, and in the darkness, it has its, the darkness has power. He is delivered from the power of darkness. That's where th things are covered. He put us in another kingdom where we can bring things to the light because we're loved. It doesn't matter how bad it is. There's no shame when we come to the cross because Jesus took the shame. There's no fear of judgment because he took the punishment. There's just the arms of a Savior reaching out, saying, I love you, son. Come to me. There was a great movie a while ago. Just lost the name, but a war movie. And they sent in and they were looking for this guy, trying to find him. And a whole platoon, pretty well all of them died trying to save him. Tom Hanks was in it. And when the commander is dying... He speaks to the man and he says, make this worth it. 